Thank you for taking time to listen to this week's message from First Orlando. You can find even more content, including video archives of this and other past messages at firstorlando.com. And if you're in the Orlando area, be sure to visit us sometime soon. Now, enjoy this podcast from First Orlando. Let us pray together. God, today I'm overwhelmed. I'm overwhelmed because you are here. I'm overwhelmed because you are using thousands of us to bring the name of Jesus, not only to the military, but to the ends of the world. I'm overwhelmed for those heroes of ours, fallen heroes, who have sacrificed so much, not only families, but their own lives, so that we will have, as we do have today, the freedoms to enjoy all of the freedoms to even preach the Word of God boldly. And today I want to say to you, Jesus, thank you for saving me. And I pray that if there is anyone out there in this church, anyone out there at home, all throughout the world, even in the United States, the most powerful country in the world, I pray that they will hear this message in a clear, captivating way that only the Holy Spirit can make it possible. Father, bring glory to Jesus. By the power of the Holy Spirit, we pray. And everybody says, Amen. Amen. First Baptist Church, Orlando, you are an amazing crowd. And I'm so honored, in conjunction with my wife, Rachel, David Benjamin, and Victoria, to know that you are probably the most hospitable church I have been ever and spoken at. Thank you. Thank you so much. As a Southern Baptist, I'm very honored to know that I'm here because you are my people, because I love Christ, because you love Christ. But I believe that this message is not only for someone out there at home, at work, as they travel from Point Alpha to Bravo, whatever they are doing, but I believe that God brought you to the church today, and it is not by accident that you came today. This former cadet was a phenomenal athlete with a 4.5 grade point average. He was loved by a great number of his peers because of his selfless life dedicated to others. He was one of the 50 Marshall Foundation scholars who, having both graduated from our United States Military Academy at West Point, New York, and commissioned as a second lieutenant this past Saturday, May 22nd, now he will travel to England to do two masters. This awesome young man whom I respect, love, and admire came to know Jesus. Before he equated God's approval with being good to others, his performance, 
great performance at that, was continuously distracting him from his innate need of Jesus. Though unbelievably awesome, this man was broken, empty, and in need of a true and lasting satisfaction to put in action all of his talents and giftedness. Now this man, now a second lieutenant, then a cadet, he understands that he is going to heaven. On Wednesday, April 21st, this young man humbled himself before God and asked Jesus to save him. The following day, as we had lunched together, he stated the following, and I quote, Sir, as soon as I left your office, all the weight I was carrying was suddenly lifted. This man's good works were no longer a distraction. God eternally and decisively saved this man, and he is free indeed. We live in the glorious land of freedom with the most powerful gospel that man could have, could have ever heard. The title of today's message is The Most Costly Human Distractions. The Most Costly Human Distractions. And it's found in the book of Philippians, chapter 1, verse 6. The question that I have for you, church, and everyone out there watching this program is, are you distracted from God's very best for you? What is your distraction? Is it a personal distraction that brings you to have and to be so distracted and so numb to your addictions, trying to evade your pain, to run away from the difficulties of life, that you don't find yourself in this world that is hostile in accordance to what you see? Is it you having a problem with someone, relationally speaking, a wife, a husband, problems at work, problems, financial issue or financial-related problems? What are your distractions? Is it money, having plenty of money, not even knowing what to do with it, and getting so distracted by what money can bring and yet so dissatisfied, so broken, so empty, so wondering, can I buy someone, can, can I buy someone to love me with the money that I have? We all do natural trust, do not naturally rather trust God. And that's the issue that I bring to the forefront to you. We naturally want to control our lives. You and I, we know we are control freaks. Such a desire leads us to see God as given upon us 
his equator, as being unable to fulfill his promises to us, he's a liar and as failing to meet, to meet all of our needs timely. And timeliness is the issue because we want it today and now. God is a failure, a quitter, a liar, a failure. Those are our distractions, always misperceiving reality, the reality that God created for us to see that we cannot solve everything in accordance to our control freakness, but that God can be in control of our lives once we understand and we are reminded that he's not a quitter, that he is not a liar, that he is not a failure. You see, a distraction is a thing that prevents us from giving full attention, attention to something else. The something else here is God. I want to bring to the forefront to you and all of you watching, God is the one we need. We might want plenty of things, but have we ever wondered, are we getting distracted with the not-so-good things for the ultimate thing to be the real thing in our lives, to come to meet us where we are? You see, distractions always leave us dissatisfied because of our facade, the things that we want to portray to people, our fears, anger, jealousy, anxiety, brokenness, and you name it, our flaws. And believe me, we don't want for anybody to see our flaws and our failures. All of us, we know that we are sinful people, that as the Word of God says, we fall short of the glory of God. That's why God, when He created us, which was for intimacy, for perfection, in the beginning, we chose to do away with God, to have now all of this facade, these flaws, these fears, and you name it. But truth satisfaction makes us feel cared and accepted for what God created us, and that is to be His, to belong, to be free. God created us for freedom, but that's the least that we experience. So Philippians 1.6 reminds us the following. And let us see, I'm reading from the New Living Translation. And I am certain, says the Word of God, that God who began the good work within you will continue His work until it is finally finished on the day when Christ Jesus returns. There are three reminders again. God reminds us that He is devoted to us, but He wants us today, not only in this church, great church, First Baptist Church of Orlando, but at home and everywhere where, from where you are watching, that His devotion to us 
amidst our distractions. That is, God is a quitter, he's a liar, and he is a failure. He wants to remind us, I am not a quitter. I am not a liar. I am not a failure. Those are the three reminders that we will extract from Philippians 1.6. So let us think about the first reminder. God is not a quitter. That is, he, God, will faithfully. Faithfully means continuously with no end. Faithfully means consistently with no interruption. He will faithfully complete what he started. God will faithfully, with no interruptions, consistently, he will complete what he has launched. The passage tells us, for I am certain that God who began the good work within you. This faithfulness amidst the challenges, this faithfulness and consistency amidst all of the anxieties and anger and jealousy and problems from within and chaos from without and second guesses, this faithfulness, faith, faithfulness comes as we see God never deserting us. Gaining wholeness in us if we allow him to do so. The Bible says, I am certain that God who began the good work within you. The work that God wants to start is within you. Not without you. Within you. God desires our lives. On Tuesday, March 23rd, 2021, a cadet from West Point wrestling team came to my office and said that since he saw me in January when I prayed for him to be healed from a physical injury, God was convicting him of his sins. He received Jesus after I shared at my office what God wanted him to do. That is to give his life to the greatest of all saviors, the only one, the greatest physician. I asked him to read the Gospel of John. After a month and a half, this cadet came back. If I thought he was happy then, he had already read the book of John, the fourth gospel in the New Testament, and he said the following. Sir, Reading the Gospel of John has gotten me so excited because as John 14, 6 says, Jesus says, I am the only way, the only truth, and the only life. Nobody can come to the Father except through me. Sir, my life is definitely, he said, not the same since you share Jesus with me. Now I can sleep at night knowing Jesus has my back for life and forever. The doctors, he added, also said, all my injuries have become a thing of the past. I can move on with my life to soon return to the wrestling team. 
The principle here, when we think about God not being a quitter, is that God is not never ceasing acting in us when we give our lives to Jesus. He will save us for all eternity and also will do wonders in, through, and around us if we let him. If we let him. That's the key. Would you like your life to be transformed, to be changed, to be advanced, to be hopeful again, to make sense? Come to God through the only way, truth, and life, Jesus Christ. The question that I have for you is, do you quit on God? I have. In my 30 years, this summer is my 30th spiritual year since I gave my life to Jesus. 30 years. I may look very young. I know it too, <laughs> by the way. But I'm very old. 51, you might say, no, chaplain, you look very young. Well, thank you so much, but that's not how I feel at times. <laughs> but the question is, do you quit on God? Because God will never quit on you. What is making you think that he is quitting? Is it your background, your past, your dissatisfaction, your loneliness, your fears? What is it? What is it that is distracting you from coming to Christ and seeing the best of the very best? So God is not a quitter. The second reminder is that God is not a liar. That is, he will flawlessly carry out what he promised with no stain, no corruption. Everything that God does is pure and well-intended. If in the first one, God is not a quitter, it's his presence. He wants to be present not only through us and around us, but mainly in us. Here is his promises. The reason why God makes promises and those promises are fulfilled is because he knows everything. God is above time and space. Nothing can hinder the glorious, invincible, great, and awesome God. He has a purpose for your challenges, situations, circumstances, so that you will once again know that you were created for his glory. God, the Bible says in Philippians 1.6, God will continue his work until it is finally finished. Until it is finally finished. He will never become old, like me, or tired, like all of us. He will continuously, with no stopping, he will do what he promised each and every one of us that he would do. And the reason for that is because God will never deceive us, but will make us trust again if we, again, let him. 
John 19.30 says the following. This is Jesus when he was dying at the cross. And before he breathed, or breathed rather, his last, he said the following. It is finished. In the Greek, as you have heard probably from Pastor Dave or Danny, it is finished means it is entirely forever and evermore ended, finished, completed, tetelestai. That word, it is finished, was echoed from the cross all the way when Paul was writing, and God will finally finish the work that he continuously works in us, through us, and around us. It is finished means there is the story of this guy here. Before coming to the United States Military Academy at West Point, New York, I, as Danny said, was stationed at Fort Leonard Wood, Missouri. During my two years and six months in this great Army training post, where thousands of future soldiers came to fulfill their basic training obligations to serve our army strong, God allowed me to lead the Protestant services with around 3,000 soldiers coming to our different Sunday services. The presentation of Jesus as the only God who came to save everyone from sin was faithfully preached at the end of each Bible passage every Sunday. I have wondered ever since when I counted a total of 11,090 soldiers in two and a half years coming to Christ, making professions of faith, how could God use a guy who was born and raised in Venezuela, who came to the U.S. with $200 in 1991, who was given the possibility and the privilege and the opportunity in the land of the free and the home of the brave to go to college and seminary with scholarship. How is that possible? With God, all things are possible because he is never a liar. He knows what he is doing. When you feel down, when life does not make any sense, Know that only the all-knowing God of the Bible can perfectly plan the future and fulfill it in his time and with his invincible power. If he knows everything and he does, if he's present everywhere and he is, he will do wonders if you let him. So my question to you is, are you ready to trust God's promises? And for you to trust God's promises, you must choose Christ. Because Christ is the only one, the key that opens all the treasures, not only in the heavens above, but in the here and now. Do you want to be happy? Come to Christ. Do you want to be mended and healed? Come to Christ. Do you want for life to make sense? Come to Christ. Would you like for God 
to fulfill His promises. He will never leave you nor forsake you. God is the one He says He is. Come to Christ. Because God is not a quitter. He is not a liar. But the third reminder is God is not, is not, is not infinitely, eternally, is not a failure. God is the one he says he is. He will fully conquer what he vanquished. He will fully conquer or overcome what he defeated. The passage in Philippians, at the end of the passage, Philippians 1, 6, it says the following. On the day when Christ Jesus returns. All of us, we will see the King of kings and the Lord of lords coming on the clouds with myriads of myriads of millions of billions of angels following him, the King of kings and the Lord of lords. And the Bible says that every knee will bow and every tongue will confess that Christ Jesus is the owner of all, is the Lord of all, is the God of all, to the glory of our Father, who is seated on his throne, waiting on the Son to bring his people back home. And forever and evermore, we will be with Christ. I can say that because I was concerned about luxury and power and prestige. And I came to Christ at the age of 21 in 1991. As I was hitchhiking to go to my Houston Astros baseball practice in the country, southernmost or northernmost country of South America. Bill Cashin, a Southern Baptist missionary in Caracas, Venezuela, shared the message of God's unconditional love for me. I understood that Christ had died and risen. Yes, I did. I started experiencing God's unconditional love from the, that, that very moment I gave my life to Christ. It truly felt awesome to be loved by God, making me happy and excited about the future. Then brokenness was still there, and I need to understand what God was doing, not only to save me, but to recover my life, to bring healing. And then he pinpointed that my biological father left me when I was very young. And I was trying to please God and, and to love him conditionally because I never knew that God could love me unconditionally. And God took me through life up to the point when I was in Argentina 
In 2006, I had gone from the United States to the southernmost part of South America now, and I was preaching and sharing the gospel, but that night, two thoughts came and they shot me. I was at a hotel, and these two individuals came to steal my car, the rental car that I acquired just to travel throughout the country. And my regional director, Walter Figan, he was there with me. And I wrestled with one of the thieves, and then I heard the first shot. And as I tried to flee away, he chased after me and shot me twice on my back and left me hemorrhaging. And if there is a story of God not failing me, the Word of God came immediately, and he said, for me to live is Christ and to die is gain. In my heart, when I heard the blood in my right lungs, gushing like a burst water pipe. And when I heard that in the midst of the commotion, I knew I was okay. And I knew that God, like before, like today, like forevermore, He has never failed me. Do you feel that God has failed you? Do you feel that he has quit on you? Do you feel that he has lied to you? That's coming from the pit of hell. Today is the day of salvation. If you don't know Christ Jesus, I plead before you. Do not leave this church. Do not stop watching this program until you give your heart to Christ. Because God is not a quitter, a liar, a failure. So I ask you this. If you were to die today, do you know for sure that you are going to heaven? Because if you don't know, today is the day of salvation. All of us are sinners and fall short of the glory of God. Sin leads us to death. Death in the Bible is complete separation from God, but that's not the end of the story. Through Jesus' death, burial, and resurrection, he came to conquer our death so that we will have his life. Do you want his life? The Bible says, For God so loved the world that he gave his only begotten son, Jesus, that whosoever believes in him will never die but have eternal life. If you want to come to Christ, I want all of the audience here to close your eyes and bow your heads, please, and respect everybody else's presence so that you will make the decision between you and God. You at home, if you are at home, wherever you are, you can make this decision for Jesus to save you today. If you want to come to Christ, Pray this prayer with me for him to save you of all your sins and to take you to the heavens above forever.
and you say, Jesus, I know that I'm a sinner. I know that if I had died today, because I never received you, I would have gone to hell. But today I receive you in my life. Thank you for saving me. I believe that you died for my sins and that you shed your blood for me. Thank you that if I die today, tomorrow, or whenever, I will be forever and ever with you. In Christ's name, amen. If you have prayed that prayer, would you raise your right hand if you pray that prayer? I see people raising hands all over this auditorium. If you pray that prayer, I'm going to let Danny to come and tell you what you can do. May God bless you. God bless you. Thanks again for listening to the First Orlando Podcast. For more information like our service times, location, and other contact information, be sure to visit us online at firstorlando.com. Have a great week.